Testament passage is Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. Moses convened all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain, out of the fire. At that time I was standing between the Lord and you to declare to you the words of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire and did not go up the mountain. And he said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents, to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor, labor and do all of your work. On the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God commanded you, so that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. Neither shall you commit adultery. Neither shall you steal. Neither shall you bear false witness against your neighbor. Neither shall you covet your neighbor's wife. Neither shall you desire your neighbor's house or field or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Nailed it. Awesome. This is different. Never preached here before. <laughs> so I got to see how this feels, you know, it's like... It's a little different. It's a little different. Man, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> All right, so here we are this morning. We're going through the narrative lectionary, and I don't have my calendar anywhere, so I'm a little lost. I think it's October. And, uh, yeah. Um, here we are this morning. We are in a land flowing with milk and honey here in the promised land. Downstairs at the Woodbine University. So, uh, anyway, we have a premiere Galatia is worshiping upstairs. So, if they get loud, I need you guys to get louder, okay? I'm just gonna go with, with that. So, that's I know there's a drum kit. So, anyway. Oh, heaven's breaking in. Okay, good. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, this is good. At least we didn't have to, like, drive out the Canaanites to get in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it worked out. Uh, so I've actually talked with Carlos a little bit. Has everyone met Carlos at this point? Yeah. I think maybe hopefully he should be in. He's awesome. He's also not here because he's in Mexico right now. 
But um, he was telling me, if you have to about the history of this space a little bit, and so this building that we're in now, so the church uh, is about 150 years old, like the community, the church. There used to be another building right over there anyway, but this building is about 100 years old, and I was told that when they built this building, that down here, this was just like dirt, because it didn't exist. And so they built the building, and then they dug this out. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Like, forever ago, a bunch of dudes, overalls, beards, came down here with shovels, and were like, let's have a fellowship hall. Yeah, no, like, yeah, it's hard to even conceive. It's hard to even conceive. Yeah, no, it's like, so, we are reaping their generosity. Yeah, no. It's hard to think about, like, what happened before you were here. You know what I'm saying? Like, before you were alive. Like, before any of us were alive, there were people everywhere yeah, doing things. You know, like, we, we don't give enough, I don't think we give enough thought to it. Uh, sometimes I think about this with my house. I'm like, my house is from like 1950. Like, who used to live here? Someone lived in this house before me. Like, what were their names? What did they look like? You know, why did they put that wall there? You know, like, what's the deal with the stairs? You know, and uh, it's just like this. Everywhere you go, right? And what's funny is that we're all spending our lives, hopefully, like planting seeds and building things, growing things, working and doing things. And then you sort of like stop and wonder at some point, like, what will survive? You know, what will still be here when we're not here anymore? Uh, like, will, will anything come of it? Or will it just be there? Or will anyone even know, right, that, that we were here? One day, perhaps, I will be dead and gone and maybe my house is still standing and someone else will live there and they'll wonder what is the deal with this thing, you know, and why did that, you know, I'll probably rule out my house, I'm kind of calling it, but uh, anyway, because that's a choice you get to make later. Um, but so, yeah, so here we are, you know, we're sort of just wondering if we'll leave something on. So in this text this morning, uh, I'm going to walk back through just a couple verses real quick, and uh, starting in Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy um, is kind of like Moses' just big, long, grand finale sermon. That's kind of what Deuteronomy is. Uh, they're, like, uh, they're like on the edge of the promised land, and they're about to go in uh, here soon, and then anyway, so that's kind of what's going on here. So he says, here, O Israel... Uh, Moses is crazy old at this point. Hear, O Israel, the statutes and ordinances that I am addressing to you today. You shall learn them and observe them diligently. The Lord our God made a covenant with us at Horeb, a.k.a. Mount Sinai, if you track it. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant. By the way, again, capital L-O-R-D is Yahweh. It's a particular God. It's our God. This is the God. Very. Not with our ancestors did the Lord make this covenant, but with us who are all of us, all of this here, alive today. Uh, so what's interesting at face value already with this text is that what Moses is saying 
is generally not true. Uh, and um, you know, you read any commentary or talk to anyone, they're like, yeah, it's kind of weird the way Moses says this because uh, up to this point they've been wandering for 40 long years in the wilderness, right? You know the story. You know what happened to that first group of people, right? This is not first-generation Israelites. These are actually not the Israelites who stood at the foot of Mount Horeb and received these commandments. This is their kids. This is second-generation Israelites. Uh, decades later, who are now with, with Moses, and he's saying, this is interesting, right? Saying, remember, right? The statutes and ordinances, right? Those of us who are here alive today, right? I love this. So Moses is not necessarily concerned with, with history as much as he's concerned with transformation, right? Uh, there's something else going on, right? And so he seeks to persuade this new generation of Israelites to recommit, to renew this covenant with their God here um, in, in this uh, chapter. And so... So in another way, Moses is is hitting is hitting like a deeper note, right? He's like tapping into a deeper truth, uh, right? He's, he's he's grabbing something else, right? Uh, there is a there is a thisness, right? This generation, those of us who are here alive today, I'm alive. Raise your hand if you're alive. Boom, boom, boom. Ninety percent. And. Um, you know, there, there's a thisness to this. Those of us who are here alive today, this is the generation. Renew your covenant with your God. Uh, right? So, um, yeah, there's this thisness to it. Uh, for each generation that rises up and hears these words, right? And that we understand that this is for us this morning, those of us who are here alive today. And so we hear this particular part of the story and this giving of the law, right? And um, and so there's this uh, like we're getting ready to enter the promised land, but let's stop right here and recap really quick. Um, and so we 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 hear the law, and Moses uh, reiterates. And so by the way, this is like here in Deuteronomy five, these ten commands. This is actually like verbatim what you'll read in Exodus twenty earlier. So. There's that. And, uh, but the law uh, God is giving them, uh, this, is, this is a gift, right? You actually cannot understand what the Old Testament uh, is saying without understanding that. The law is not meant to be a burden uh, placed on us by some oppressive taskmaster, right? It's actually the exact opposite. The law is meant to be a gift. It's meant to show us how to live uh, free of bondage. You've been in bondage. You've been free from bondage. Here's this law, not to bring further bondage, but to show you how to live without bondage, right? It's very different, right? Uh, sometimes we really think the opposite, uh, especially if you grew up in the Sunday school classes I grew up in sometimes. But, um, and so this, this law, this gift is meant to promote life. It's meant to give life. It's, it's meant to, uh, to uh, these ten words are meant to breathe life, this decalogue, these ten words, these ten commandments. And so uh, they've been in the wilderness for, for 40 years. We've been in the wilderness for 40 years, and we're about to plunge at first into this new thing, right? We've been in a house church for 40 years, you know, and and here we are on the edge. And so Moses is like, before we go any further, let's replay, let's recap. Essentially, this is how not, just so you remember, this is how not 
to live in slavery. Right? This is how to embody freedom. Don't get trapped. Uh, he goes down the list. Don't get trapped by idolatry. Right? I am the, the I am. I am the I am. Don't get trapped by idolatry. I, I am. Right? Take a Sabbath rest. Rest. Don't put yourself in bondage. Let the land rest. Don't put the land in bondage, right? Don't murder one another, because that's essentially bondage. You know, you know, you know, like, be good, love, right? Uh, freedom, gift, life. And then you turn the page, right, into Deuteronomy chapter 6. And then let's take a few verses down. I think we added a few verses in your handout. And, uh, yeah, we did. I'm going to skip down to verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. You know, right? And so he goes through the gifts. He goes through the law. And then he says, right, by the way, you already know this because Jesus reiterated this. Right? But Jesus is just giving us what's already been said. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Moses said this way, way, way long time ago. Here's the law, but let me sum this up. Love. Right? Love. Let's just sum this up right now. Raise your hand. If you're alive here today. Peace. Love. You guys are supposed to say that now. Love. I'm just going to keep going. Love. Nailed it. All right. I'm just making sure we're all here. So, at the core is to remember... Who alone is our God, right? Yahweh. I am. Right? God is, is who is with us, like right here, this, today. And so, uh, the Israelites, they stand at the doorway of this new place uh, after 40 years in the wilderness in the house church. And Moses stands up and he says, stop! Hold on! Before you go in, now hear this, right? This right here. Dear Israelites, you won't be ready for the new thing unless you're rightly able to live and renew your covenant right here. This. Uh, this moment right here. So let's stop. Let's take a pulse. Let's remember. Let's our Bibles. Because how you do anything is how you end up doing everything. Right? Thank you, Richie Rohr. Uh, let me know what I'm talking about. How you do anything is how you end up doing everything. You guys ever been like uh, in a, you know, you're like in a real hurry, you're like in a tizzy, and you're trying to like, maybe you're like you're getting ready for, I know in my house it's like we're trying to get ready to go on a trip, and uh, we're going to attempt this tomorrow probably, and at some point we're going to be running around like trying to pack everything, and the kids are going to be screaming, like you got the toothbrushes, you got the phone charger, you got the lamp, like the lamp, you know, and, and you know, you're just like, it's crazy, and then you're, you know, you're trying to get them to go to the trip, or, or maybe, uh, maybe there's like a party, something fun you want to go to, you're trying to get through all your list, all the things you got to get done, and it's just insane, and then you finally get there, and you're at the party, you're ready to like relax and have fun, but it's like for some reason you're just still crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you're crazy all the way there, you're gonna be crazy when you get there. You know what I'm saying? Because kind of like how you do everything is, or anything is, how you can do everything. And uh, and I wonder sometimes if that 
But that's not why that first generation of Israelites, why they just got stuck there, right? They had so many conflicts and so many problems, and they were forced to wander and die all those years in the wilderness. It's It's like they came out of Egypt, but it's almost like that Egypt never quite came out of them. You know what I'm saying? It's like they, you know, you ever been in generational slavery for 400 years? You know what I'm saying? That's a hard one to get out of. You know, it's like, what does it mean to to be in bondage that long and then just be free? And and we give them such a hard time. We read like Exodus 32 and all this other stuff and like, man, the golden calf thing, were they idiots? You know, like... No, they were just in slavery for 400 years, you know, in Egypt. Uh, and uh, and so I can't help but wonder if uh, they had just done that so long they couldn't escape their own slavery. And it had forced them in bondage for so long it became close to impossible for them not to embody bondage at that point. Right? That's why these ten words, these ten commandments were so, so, so important for them. Like, let me, let me just give you guys some simple guidelines here to help you live free. Right? Let's recap here. Here's a gift. Uh, it's no doubt we need, like, constant um, reminders for everything. But any, any of you guys need just, like, continual reminders for, like, everything you do in life? Yeah, that, that's neat. So, in high school... This is like a Jim cartoon. People don't do this anymore. But in high school, I would literally tie a string around my finger. Be like, that guy. Like, you know. You ever see that you know what I'm talking about? Maybe people don't know anymore. We used to tie strings on our fingers. Put things on our bodies to make us remember something. And then uh, and then phones got a little bit smarter. And I don't know if you guys remember this. This is a pretty smart phone, but phones also have features. Okay? Not to be confused with apps. Apps are different. These were features that you had on your phone. And one of the earliest features was, and a lot of people didn't even know these phones had this, but they had reminders. Like back in the day, early phones, they had like a reminder setting. And I was like, this is gold. And so I discovered this in high school, and I just started setting reminders. And I did this all the way like through college on all my dumb phones. And uh, and I've been doing this for a really really long time. This actually drives Emily insane. If she were here today, she would testify. But so for like the last many many years, like we would just be we're just living life together. My phone's like, you know. And by the way, that's not a notification. That's a reminder from a feature. It's very different. And anyway, it would ring, and then I would be like, oh, I gotta be somewhere in ten minutes, you know. And uh, and this has happened like throughout the last ten years. And I, you know, I think only in the last couple of years has Emily embraced the fact that there's too many random ringings happening in life, you know. And uh, anyway, that's how I remember things. And then maybe this last year, I finally decided to really just go into Google Calendar, you know, and Emily and I share Google Calendar. Now, you don't have your whole list there, but you still got like, oh, I got to be somewhere at some time, you know, so it's a little more helpful. Some of you aren't there yet. Good for you, you know, uh, but man, it is hard to remember things, isn't it? It's almost like we're pre-programmed to be forgetful, like it doesn't even make sense. Uh, you know, it, isn't it such a big part of life to, like, I feel like so much of what life is about is just remembering the important things. Isn't that funny? Like, 
Isn't it funny how we continually tell the people closest to us that we love them? Like, you already told them that. Like, why do you keep telling them this? You know, like, I love you. Yes, you told me yesterday, honey. Uh, and I got it covered. Uh, it was in the vows. Uh, you know, but we keep saying it. And it's so much of a big part of life is just reminding ourselves and being reminding, reminded of all the things that are actually really important. Uh, I think God knows this. Uh, who can tell me this morning... Uh, can anybody tell me what the Shema is? Good job, good job. We actually just read it, so thanks for that, Mom. No, that was great. Yes, it is. It's right here. It's right in front of us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord either is one or uh, our God is. And so uh, this is because the Shema, right? No one struck it down, you guys. Uh, so if you ever took Hebrew, which I don't know if any of you guys took Hebrew, it's in green back in the day, but the first thing you would make us do, like class one, was learn the Shema in Hebrew. So that's what we're going to do real quick. Shema. I gotta repeat up the name. Shema. 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 Means here. Yisrael. Yisrael. Adonai. Adonai. Now, I would say Adonai because they wouldn't say Yahweh, which is kind of like, you, you, you know, you're supposed to kind of look for lightning behind your back and say the name of God traditionally. So they say Adonai. So Shema. Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu, Adonai, nailed it, Shema, go and be fruitful and multiply. So, yeah, and so if you're a good Jew or if you're a bad Jew, you're going to know the Shema, okay? It's just there. And um, actually, it's in this text in Deuteronomy, and it goes on to say, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your might. And it says, keep these words I'm commanding you today in your heart. Verse 7. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead. And write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. Put them in your Google Calendar. Remember these things. Goodness gracious, do we do this with anything in our lives? You know what I'm saying? Like, to what extent do we go to like remember any? Like, is anything this important? Uh, it, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Like, what 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 do you recite to your kids? Like, what do you write on your? What do you fix on your foreheads? Uh, and so, actually, good good Jews do this. And so, this word, or this is how good they are at following the scriptures. Is this word here that we translate as doorpost is mezuzah, right? And and so they're like doorpost, and so they uh, they made these mezuzahs and they put them on their doorposts of their houses, and there are these little like boxes, and they got Hebrew letters on them. They're always at an angle. I have no idea whether at an angle they actually knows that. And they would walk in, they would rub it, maybe kiss, and then. You know, and walk in their house. But and then inside the mezuzah, 
is actually this little scroll, this teeny little scroll. And on that scroll, uh, written by someone who is kosher and qualified to write these words, would be these, uh, these verses right here from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Pretty crazy, right? And so, every time. And so, the mezuzah serves as two functions, right? Uh, number one, as you enter or you leave your house, the mezuzah reminds you that you have a covenant with your God. It's cool, right? And the second function basically serves as a symbol to everyone else to say, oh, this place right here, this place right here is different. This place right here uh, works by a different code of ethics, right? This place right here is, is other than other places, right? It's pretty cool, right? And so actually Jews have a lot of things like this where they sort of like mark your territory. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's cool. And they're like all these reminders that they have in their life. Uh, actually, a lot of religions do this. Uh, actually, most religion, most religion, everyone but Protestants are basically good at this. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, recently, uh, did you guys go to the monastery with us? Somebody went uh, recently. We had a big group go. Like, there's just there's just, like, stuff everywhere. There's crucifixes. That, you know, they've got their own set of things. And then, uh, recently we went to the Greek Fest. Uh, some of you guys from the Greek Fest. You guys toured the church. Uh, so you walk in the Greek Orthodox Church, and it's like, literally, there are no blank walls. There are just icons everywhere. You know, icon after icon after icon. And they just have all of these reminders everywhere about who they are and the covenant with their God. And so uh, Protestants do this in other ways, right? Uh, we do it more with our, uh, typically they do it more with our architecture, right? And our high ceilings and our steeples that points to heaven and, uh, you know, and our, the aisles that we make go down to our altars and our wooden lectures. Everything is reflecting uh, what we believe in our theology, uh, right? Um, and None of it sort of left us like none of them are inherently bad and none of them are almost inherently good and uh, maybe a couple hundred years ago they were. And so our, our space our space ends up uh, reminding us a little bit uh, should should tell us a little bit of the story. And so I think this is important for us to marinate on as a people going forward. That there is, what would it look like for us to have a mezuzah? <coughs> to write something on the doorpost, to put something on our foreheads, our hands, or calendars, right? You know, that's why we choose, uh, we, we already do this in some ways with our architecture, and that's why we choose to eat at tables and uh, to embrace uh, materiality in our food, right? And so, um, what's it mean to be in the promised land this morning? Bigger space, bigger kitchen. Can I get an amen? Two bathrooms, right? <laughs> Two bathrooms. It's legit. It's legit. But uh, before anything, uh, before we move uh, further anywhere, you have to answer the question of who are we? Who am I? 
and who are we as a people. Uh, so this morning on your tables uh, is a bowl, and uh, the weeks leading up to the weeks leading up to Kaleo and this transition, we had you guys fill out these the big sticky notes, we wrote things down, we put them on the wall, and some of the cards are here before you today. Feel free to like look at them again. And uh, in these bowls here are the ones answering the question of uh, what do I love about Kaleo? What do we love about Kaleo? What are Kaleo's core values? Uh, who uh, belongs to Kaleo, essentially? And um, what's the other one? Uh, Kaleo's mission, right? Uh, and so those are kind of there mixed in with you guys uh, this morning. Um, this is important work to remember, right? This is a little bit like our, our gift, a little bit like our law this morning. But remember, Moses says, love, love, love. Let's sum this whole thing up. Love. You ever notice uh, this morning that you have the least amount of difficulty remembering the things that you love? You know what I'm saying? Like the things that have actually captivated your heart. You, it's a little bit easier to remember. Because as it happens, when you really love something and it captivates your heart, well, what ends up captivating your heart ends up captivating your mind. And what ends up captivating your mind actually ends up captivating your mind. Your hands. It's kind of funny how that works. And so this morning, uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to uh, maybe... Do, uh, do our own mezuzah, all in love this morning, and uh, do something on our doorpost. And so I have gone to great lengths this morning to find used cardboard, and um, you probably can't see it this morning, but there's invisible words here, and they say, love. And uh, I want to pray for us this morning, and then in response, as the kids are coming back, uh, I want you to grab a handful of cards, and there's some tape up here, and I want us to just fill in the blank with our cards this morning as a first step uh, of reminding ourselves of the covenant that we are in with one another, with our God who is here with us right now, those of us who are alive here today, this, right, and as a marker to say, this face, it can be something other for us. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for your word, for the story that we are a part of that is the kingdom of God on earth, and all the people who have come before us, all the Israelites, the first and second generation, those of us that you brought out of Egypt so long ago, Lord. And for us now, we don't even remember it. We've been gone so long out of Egypt. Some of us maybe feel like we're still in Egypt this morning. We are all somewhere on this journey this morning. Many have come before us and many will come behind us. This morning we remember love. We remember the story and the people that you're creating us uh, to be 
calling us into this morning. And so we give you thanks for that, that we get to participate in this day going forward. In your name we pray. Amen.